0: Welcome to Caffeine, Crime and Canines, a podcast brought to you by two girls who love their dogs, love coffee, but most importantly, love true crime.
1: Hi, how are you going?
0: Good, how are you? Good. What's yeah. going on? Oh, not too so much. What about you? Uh,
1: nothing at all really i just um same old really running around this morning just with errands and yeah just sit down
0: Do you want to know my week has been f- full of i don't know if that's the right word <laughs> what? We, we got Oh, elsie got hand foot and mouth disease
1: <gasps> oh my goodness i've heard of this it's gross
0: she what just happened? Like, She gets. She had a rash on her hands and her feet, and then she gets all these like ulcers all over her face. Like she looks like she's got like like leprosy or something like on her face, and she's obviously really uncomfortable because they're like those ulcers that sting and they're inside of her as well. And mind you, she got her surgery on Friday, so she was still recovering from that, and then got this. And so, where'd you get it from? You think daycare, daycare, daycare? Yeah. Far out, Locky And it, like, spreads like wildfire. It's, like, so contagious. And Monkey and I haven't got it, thank God, because I think adults get quite sick. But she, like, she's not, like, she's feeling good now, but all the sores are, like, dried on her face and she just, like, looks disgusting. She looks like a grot. Like, her nose is all, like, scabby and dry and red and she's still got a big ulcer on her lip and it's just gross. I honestly had no
1: idea how common this was, like, in this day and age, until, like, obviously all my friends started having
0: kids. Yeah, it's full on. That is crazy.
1: And so, wait, now that she's had it, can she get it again?
0: Yeah, you can. Oh, that sucks. I was hoping it was,
1: like, the chicken pox, you know? Bloody daycare, honestly. Drains my life. Yeah, that is wild. So did a lot of the kids there end up catching it?
0: Yeah, I think they said they had 10 cases and most of them were in her room. Oh, so, no. Yeah. And, like, so there's some mums that are just going absolutely apeshit on the daycare. Like, you know, when you got one case, you should have been deep cleaning and, you know, like all this stuff. But I don't think, like, it's so so contagious. Like, I don't know yeah. if they could have done anything. You know, and they could help. have been,
1: like, touching each other, like, sharing toys, pulling stuff out of each other's mouths. Like, who knows,
0: you know? Exactly, yeah. But anyway. Oh,
1: no. Well, I'm hoping that is the
0: end of it for you, honestly. Yeah, it's been the biggest drainer of a week, I tell you. I'm just exhausted. But I feel like you've been copying it so much lately, Lockie. Oh, I just feel like I have not had a break. Like- yeah. It's sickness after sickness, and if Elsie's not sick, we're sick. Or like, we, I'm super busy at work, or it's like, you know, we've got heaps on on the weekend. Like, I just can't catch a break. It's so busy, and I'm just over it. But I think like a lot of other parents, like, there's been a lot of sickness this winter. Like, it's a bit abnormal. So you know, abnormal. Do you not think it's because we were
1: all like sort of trapped inside for like two years? So yeah, I reckon. And then when we we're like let out, you know, and our bodies have just like haven't been sick for so long they're just catching everything
0: yeah i reckon i reckon but uh, oh well that's but, i
1: yeah. was gonna tell you about how i changed my bows um pads on the my like on my um what's it called on my headphones I mean, yeah. that's what i wanted to talk to you about but he's <laughs> like
0: yeah. <laughs> what colour? Totally so interested.
1: silly compared to what you've been dealing with. Um I just did white and yeah. I did on honestly, I was like dreading I I wanted to do it for ages. I ordered them off eBay, they're like fifteen, twenty dollars, like so cheap. And I'm like, why haven't I done this sooner? I thought yeah. it was gonna be it was gonna be like a big thing, it was gonna be hard, they're so easy to pop off and just put new ones on, and now I feel like I got brand new headphones. So I was pretty You're excited awesome. about that. That's good. But <laughs> well, um, Yeah, and then, sorry, the why, the only other thing I do want to tell you or talk to you about this week, Loki, oh, yeah. the is, mushroom is thing. The
0: mushroom, yes. I was yeah. hoping we were <laughs> going to talk about it. The mushroom murders. Yes. Will you be having uh, mushrooms anytime soon? I'm so freaked out now. I don't eat mushrooms. Like, I don't like mushrooms, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, like, go and pick Random mushrooms, like I don't think the supermarket. Yeah. But if she like I'm sorry, she's guilty AF. So many people think, but can I
1: tell you, this is the dumbest thing ever. Look, I feel like it's so dumb. How could she possibly have thought she was gonna get away with it? Which makes me think it it's so dumb, it had to have been a mistake, but I know what you mean.
0: It's just too obvious. but she didn't feed that meal to her and her kids. She only fed it to the in-laws. And apparently, her ex-husband, because they'd only just separated, he said that like late last year he ate something like when he was with her, and he felt he was really sick after it. So, like, yes. maybe she tried it with him. I'm not sure, but that is exactly. I, mean, I saw that reported as well, and I was like,
1: surely not. Like, mm.
0: it's I just, so obvious. I just find it weird that, yeah, she only fed it to them. Like, I can understand not feeding it to your kids, like maybe it's not what they eat, but you'd think that if you'd invited someone over for a meal, you'd be eating with them. Exactly. And do you know that I read that she showed up to the hospital saying,
1: like, she wasn't feeling well, but she had, like, no symptoms. <laughs> See, she's just oh, – It's what so – It's just too much for me.
0: It's too much for my brain because it's I feel so like funny. it's just so dumb, you know? And it's literally, it's gone, like, international. Yes. Like, I've seen it on TikTok, like, Americans, like, the Australian mushroom. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually? Yeah. Oh, that because is hilarious. Because it's so crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. But anyway, we'll see what happens. It's obviously unfolding. I think the the guy was in hospital. He hadn't passed away yet, but it wasn't looking great. Yeah. Mm.
1: I yeah. saw that as well. I don't know. I just, I've, so many people message us about it on Insta. And originally, yeah. like, I was not aware of, cause you know, I don't listen to the news. I was like, what is this thing everyone's talking about? And then I started looking into it and I was like, oh, it's so <laughs>
0: obvious that she's guilty. She can't be, you know, like, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. just. But as well, nuts. the police took her kids off her straight away. Yes. Yeah. So they obviously think something weird's going on.
1: And, but they're like, they're saying, they're like, oh, we're not jumping to comp- Conclusions. This could be completely innocent, but just to play it safe. But yeah, and even that mm. interview. Did you see the interview she did? Yeah, oh, she spoke to the media, oh.
0: <laughs> and she's she's pretending to cry and no tears.
1: I know, I
0: know. It's so bad. Anyway, we'll see what happens. What I feel like I'm watching like a really
1: bad made crime movie. Like, mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we but anyway. will see. We'll keep everyone updated. Um, And before we get into this week's case, I just wanted to update and remind everyone. So, um, obviously, Karina and I caught up last week and we had a bit of a powwow, I guess, as to like how to develop the podcast further because we have been doing this for almost two years now and we obviously still want to keep doing it but it's you know a lot of effort and time so what we've set up is um the buy me a coffee fund which is just for donations so if you love the podcast and you want to support us any donation is appreciated um we'll post that link on our instagram but in the background we do want to set up a website i have got some really good ideas for merch coming out so um We obviously need everyone's support to get those things up and running. So if you are feeling generous, um, we would appreciate it yes
1: and i'll be sure to pop it in our link tree as well which is just the link in our bio and i will pop another post about it up about it sorry this week and thank you to everyone who's already donated like it means the world to us
0: yeah it does i was so excited so I, i guess the first week this is the first week we've put it up and we've got two donations one from allison so thank you we know you're a huge fan of the podcast um we really appreciate it and danny also um donated so thank you danny Okay, so do you think we should get into this week's case? Ready to go? Yes, let's do it. Okay. The death of 35-year-old Paula Prince stunned her family and friends. Her body was discovered last night inside her apartment on Chicago's near north side. Investigators say it appears she had collapsed into her closet. Her sister, Carol Prince, says she last talked with Paula on Wednesday. It is believed that Paula Prince took the Tylenol that killed her sometime Wednesday evening. The cyanide lace capsules that killed Paula Prince were purchased from this Walgreens store at Wells and North Avenues. Store management pulled all the Tylenol off the shelves on Thursday, one day after Paula Prince's death. During a news conference this morning, Cook County Medical Examiner Dr. Robert Stein confirmed Paula Prince died from cyanide poisoning. So this week we are doing a request. Um, we are doing the Tylenol murders, which is a case from the 80s, um, which I think was fairly famous. I hadn't heard of it really before. The name like rang a bell, but I didn't really know the specific details around it. Um but it's super weird. I guess it's, like it it's kind of it's the mushroom theme. Like we've got. Yeah, I know. Oh, You know that <laughs> I
1: was think when we were obviously researching this week's case, and then this mushroom thing happened. I was like, "What are the freaking chances that it's happened in the same sort of week?" Yeah. And quickly, actually,
0: before we get into it, just a shout out to Stacey because, and thank you for the request because she did request this case. Yes. So in September 1982, the city of Chicago was rocked by a series of poisoning deaths resulting from tampered bottles of Tylenol, which is just like a pain relief medication, like a Panadol or whatever. Um, to this day, the culprit has still never been found um, and it kind of also like resulted in a lot of copycat crimes happening after it, you know, with different other – you know, medication poisonings, which I'll talk about later on in the podcast. But the Tylenol murders starts um, with the first victim. It was a 12-year-old girl, Mary Calliman. So early on the morning of September the 29th, she complained to her parents of a sore throat and a runny nose. So her parents just gave her one capsule of extra strength Tylenol um, and she reportedly was dead before 7 a.m. That is so then, sad. So sad, I know. And then later that day, um, a 27-year-old postal worker, his name was Adam Janice. he came home from running errands and was feeling a little bit under the weather. So he took two extra-strength th- extra Tylenol capsules and went to lay down. Moments later, he came out from the room clutching his chest and initially his wife thought he was having a heart attack, so obviously called 911, and he died later in hospital. Um, And obviously, this death shook the Janice family. Um, Adam's brother, Stanley, and his wife, Teresa, who had only just gotten married, rushed to the family home to grieve and console the family. And both of them had headaches at the time and took two capsules of extra strength Tylenol, the same bottle that Adam used. Um, Stanley died later that day and Teresa died a few days later. So that's three deaths in the same family. And they're all so young,
1: like young. like you said, yeah. twenty seven. I think um the younger brother was like twenty five and Teresa was only nineteen.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then over the next few days There was another three strange deaths. Um, Obviously, the similarity was that they all took this extra-strength Tylenol before, um, and the other three victims were 35-year-old Mary McFarland, 35-year-old Paula Prince, and 27-year-old Mary Weiner. So all really young. So young. And, And, Lockie, something that just creeped the crap out of me. Do you know what I'm going to say? The Mary, like three Marys? Yes.
1: Yes. Weird. Weird. My goodness. So, three out of the seven victims were named Mary. Yeah. Like, what, what is are the, the chance to
0: that? Yeah. I think one of the victims, as well, um, like, had just given birth to her fourth baby and was sent home from the hospital with this Tylenol and took it yes. and passed away. So sad. It is. So, the connection between the Tylenol and the deaths was made fairly quickly, and it was made by, um, the public health official of that county, she was a nurse called Helen Jensen. And what had happened after Adam's death and then the, the his brother and his wife, obviously um, the paramedics thought something weird was going on. So she went to the Janice household to kind of investigate and she found the Tylenol bottle in the bathroom and also found the receipt you know, to show that they were purchased that day. So she counted all the capsules and noticed that there was six missing. So she was kind of like, you know, that's weird, like two for each kind of victim. Yeah. Um. So she took it to like the chief medical examiner of the state who was a bit unsure, um, but what they ended up doing was testing those capsules and found that they were laced with cyanide, Um, more specifically potassium cyanide, which is like, I think the worst of the cyanide family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So potassium cyanide is highly toxic, toxic and releases a toxic gas that interferes with the body's ability to use oxygen. So you almost like, Suffocate from the inside out, I suppose you could say. That sounds Um, so scary. Yeah, I think I've heard and read it's like a pretty painful, horrible death. Yeah, it's like crystalline mass, like it's like salt, and it smells like almonds. And apparently, it's got a really, um, like specific smell. Um, Hey,
1: sorry. You know what I read? Which uh, this is just like a fun fact. You know that only a certain amount of the population can smell so nice. yes really? can smell it so it's not everyone that can smell it it's, i think it's like 50 percent in between like 20 and 50 percent of people can and the
0: rest can't. well it's lucky because the chief medical examiner smelt it and could smell yes. it so yes yes that's lucky what i that, he yeah. had
1: the i don't know the nostril power to smell it yeah <laughs>
0: So the bottle of Tylenol at the Janus household was tested and was found to have three times the lethal dose of cyanide laced in the pills. So authorities then held a press conference advising the public not to take any Tylenol, dispose of any bottles in your house. You know, they had to, you know, get to the bottom of what was happening. So once the investigation started, the investigators noticed that the Janus bottle and the Calumon bottle was from the same batch. However, Johnson & Johnson, which was the company responsible for the manufacturing of the Tylenol, recalled everything, obviously to be safe. Thank goodness they actually did that. Yeah. Yeah, everything that was distributed in the Chicago area. And this was the largest pharmaceutical recall ever, and they recalled 31 million bottles of Tylenol my goodness, that would have cost an absolute fortune. Like you think 31 million bottles and it only, like I I say only, but it only resulted in seven deaths. You think like, you know, they caught it so quickly. Very lucky. Um, So Johnson and Johnson also had to give warnings to hospitals and any other distribution companies that they used. Like they put it out there really, really quickly. And in, Sorry, were you going to say something? I was just going to say because I don't think they could, you know, when you're talking
1: about um, the other Mary that passed away after giving birth to her fourth child, I think there was confusion at that time. Did the hospital give her that, you know, the Tylenol or did she purchase it from somewhere? Like they just weren't sure. So they literally had to throw it out in all hospitals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um investigators found that the lace capsules were manufactured in two different locations Pennsylvania and Texas so this kind of led the police to believe that the bottles were tampered with once they were on the shelves so they were manufactured distributed around the country and then someone has like in the Chicago area has gone into various pharmacies and supermarkets and laced the bottles that are on the shelves mm. So, a ransom letter was written to Johnson & Johnson demanding $1 million in exchange for stopping the poisoning. Um, and I'll read the letter for you now. So, it says, gentlemen, as you can see, it's easy to place cyanide into capsules sitting on store shelves. And... Since the cyanide is inside the gelatin, it is easy to get buyers to swallow the bitter pill. Another beauty is that cyanide operates quickly. It takes so very little and there will be no time to take countermeasures. If you don't mind the publicity of these little capsules, then do nothing. So far, I have spent less than $50 and it takes me less than 10 minutes per bottle. If you want to stop the killing, then wire $1 million to bank accounts, blah, 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 the details are there, <laughs> at Continental Illinois Bank Chicago. Don't attempt to involve the FBI or local Chicago authorities with this letter. A couple of phone calls by me will undo anything you can possibly do.
1: <laughs> sorry. fudge? It sounds like, I'm so, sorry, but it doesn't sound like a very um, smart letter. No.
0: And, like, they put their bank details in there. I know, and they've got spelling mistakes and they've like crossed it out and stuff. Yeah. So with the bank account details in the letter, the police obviously thought bingo, we can track who it was. The bank account was linked to like some business businessman guy and they ruled him out as the Tylenol killer, but he let them know that he had a bit of issues with a guy called James Lewis. And it was later revealed that James Lewis was the one that wrote the letter. However, it was later found that he had no links to these events in Chicago because he lived in New York at the time. Um, however, he was charged with extortion for the letter and he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Yeah, I think this James Lewis guy was trying to frame like his wife's
1: ex-boss, like this big business guy because I don't know if he had – um like the uh, whatever company it was had gone under and then the wife didn't get like her last paycheck so what this guy's like oh i'm gonna teach this guy a listen by framing him for
0: like these tiny little murders it's crazy this james lewis i think he denied doing the killings but he had a very shady past he's a very shady character and he's always been the number one suspect the whole time yeah so i'll just talk about his past because it I think it puts it in perspective how crazy he is. So there was CCTV footage released from a pharmacy where the laced pills were sold and there's like a still shot of a woman, you know, at the shelves and there's someone behind her that looks like this James Lewis guy. He – so that kind of linked him. And then looking into him, he was a tax accountant and like a tax consultant and he ran this business with his wife Four years before the Tylenol deaths, he was charged with the murder of his client, Raymond West. And Raymond West was 72 years old. And Raymond's dismembered and decomposed body was found hanging in the attic in his home. On the same day his body was discovered, James Lewis had forged a check on Raymond's account. And he did it. Like mm. it was clear, clear as day. Yeah. How- yeah. However, the case was dismissed because the judge found that the police did not read James Lewis his rights when he was arrested. So it was like he, thrown out. He literally got away with murder. Got away like with a technicality. it. technicality, yeah. Yeah. Um, in 1983, so this is a year after the Tylenol murders, James Lewis was convicted on six counts of male fraud because he had this scheme going on where he was getting credit cards using the information from clients that he did tax for. And, lucky he had
1: made, like, a fake mailbox and it, they had, like, cement at the bottom and he'd go to, like, I don't know, like, sort of deserted areas and put out, like, a mailbox, you know what I mean, so that the letters would get sent.
0: Like, <laughs> he was have gone with a lot of effort for this scheme. Like, oh, crazy. You think, like, behind closed doors he probably thinks, like, you know, like Mr. Burns, like, ha like evil. But he's like. Yes. Yes, apparently. <laughs> so oh, my, it is so stupid.
1: And even when they raided his house, he was just all about being dodgy. He was like the dodgiest guy. Like he had all these different ways to, like, get money that obviously weren't legit.
0: Mm. He was also convicted for aggravated rape and drugging a person for sexual intercourse in Boston in 2004. So he's just, like, despicable human being. In 2010, James Lewis also self-published a novel and it was titled Poison, The Doctor's Dilemma. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because,
1: you know, while he was in jail, I'm pretty sure he was like wrote to the police and told them that he wants to help them find the killer. So he was like trying to like help. Quote, quote help them and he was doing like detailed drawings on like how the killer would have filled the capsules with cyanide. And they were so detailed that police are like, he has to be the
0: guy that did this. Yeah. yeah, He's our main guy. So James Lewis remained the main suspect in the Tylenol murders from the get-go. Investigators are still, like the case is still open now and they've even still been interviewing James Lewis right up to 2002. So he's like, he still is the main suspect um, and, like, the only person police were really targeting. Um, however, James Lewis died earlier this year, 2023. No confession, no information into whether he was responsible, so I'm not sure if we'll ever know if he was responsible, but, yeah, he's kind of the main suspect.
1: What do you think? Do you think he is their guy? Has to be. Really? Absolutely so- has to be, Yeah. yeah. You know what? I personally, like, if I if he was on trial and I was in the jury, I couldn't convict him because, Lockie, they can't even place him in Chicago at that time. And that's huge for me. Like, if you can't even place him in the city where this took place, and obviously he would have had to have gone to, his, like, I don't know, because I think one of the places was like a Woolworths or whatever on these pharmacies and placed the capsules in there. He physically had to be there. But they can't place yeah. him there. So for me, I'm just like, oh, but you know what else? Sorry. One of the other reasons that he is a massive suspect is because apparently, so that particular um, ransom letter that he had sent to Johnson & Johnson, apparently he had told police originally that it took him three days to write the letter because obviously he had to research about it, like all the information regarding it. So he, he told them it took him three days, right? But then it was uncovered that that particular letter was sent on October 1st and obviously the first report that went out about the murders was I think it must have been the 30th. It was the day after, you know, the I guess a bunch of people did die and everyone's like, well, he couldn't have spent three days on it because it was literally one day. So a lot of people were like, oh, my gosh, like that sort of proves that he had this letter ready to go. But for me, I, I think that he had, if he had posted it on the 29th or before the 29th, I could easily be like, he's responsible. But because it was still a day after this went public, I just, I don't know.
0: You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't think there's enough evidence to convict him. Yeah, probably not. I mean, you could place in there by that CCTV footage.
1: Yeah, but like, if that's
0: even him, it's, like, it's not even confi- – yeah. I feel
1: like if they thought that was him, they 100% would have arrested him. I think that it's just this this random guy in the background. Think about footage back then in the 80s, like yep. obviously yep, very yep. grainy and shit. So I don't think that actually places him in that particular – where was it, like a
0: convenience store or whatever? Yeah, one of the pharmacies or whatever.
1: Yeah, see, I, I don't think – I think if it was him or if they were – sure that it was him then they would have mm-hmm. arrested him and he would have gone on trial for it but because they literally couldn't prove that he was in chicago at the time they're like what do we do like it's too risky to arrest him because would a jury actually convict him with no hard yeah. evidence
0: yeah that's true um yeah, so following the Tylenol murders, the FDA issued rules requiring all over-the-counter medication to have tamper-proof packaging, so foil seals and all that. So they mustn't have had anything like that. It must have just been like a straight bottle that you could, you know, you literally could just open in the it. store. Yeah. Yes,
1: and apparently had just like, you know, that little like cotton wool that you find, like, you know, when you get medicine sometimes and the screw-on ones? Yeah, apparently just had like cotton wool in there and that was it. So you could literally just open it up and, ready
0: to go. And uh, as well, like since this happened, Tylenol, like no one could trust it ever again. Like even though obviously this was a one-time thing, like it's just sales plummeted and I don't think it's really ever picked up since then. See, you know, I read that
1: they, that the way that Johnson and Johnson handled it is like taught in business schools, because what they did was they obviously took everything off the shelves and then to gain the public's trust, they went and did like they added seals and all this stuff. So you'd know that it would not have been used prior to you buying it. And people did get their trust back, which a lot of people didn't think. They would, but because they went to so much effort to earn the trust, like that's why it's taught in like business schools to this day, which I thought's interesting.
0: Yeah. So, another theory that I've read online is that Ted Kaczynski, which is the Unabomber, may have been responsible because he targeted the same area at the same time. Mm -hmm. However, FBI did investigate him and cleared him as a suspect, and he denied any involvement in it. You know, he obviously, um, you know, he owned up to the the Unabomber whole situation, so why would he not, you know, own up to that if he'd done it? I don't really believe that, but it's just something I read online. You um, know, I
1: I heard this crazy – sorry, now that we're talking about the FBI, I just want to tell you this crazy freaking story, and I heard it on True Crime Garage's episode when they covered this, right? So apparently the FBI, invest like the investigation, they – we're trying to catch this guy and they released like a whole bunch of information to the media about Mary, the 12 year old that passed away, like her funeral and where she was going to be buried. Have you heard this story? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. So it's, it's crazy, right? Anyway, so they released all this info hoping to catch the killer and then they put like tape recorders at her grave site, hoping that someone would visit her. Anyway, no one visited her gravesite, but the gravesite next to her was a hit-and-run victim. Okay. And the person that was responsible for this hit-and-run went and said sorry to this other victim. So they actually caught. That person. Hit- yes. They caught the killer, that, as in the other guy that was responsible for the hit and run. And it oh happened to be – isn't that nuts, that story? These just blew my mind.
0: Yeah, but think, like, if you did do this, the cyanide lacing, and then you found out that the first person you'd done was a 12-year-old girl, would you think you'd be like, oh, like, I don't know, like maybe that's why there was only, you know, a few bottles laced like because i don't know like it's
1: but we don't actually know how many bottles were laced because if you think about it a lot of the companies or even like anyone that had it at their house they just got freaked out and threw it away it's not like they checked every single packet before they threw it away so who freaking knows how many were laced Sorry, and can I, I just tell you something else just before I forget? Yeah, yeah. You know you know that guy um, that you were talking about, Raymond Lewis, that guy earlier? What's his mm. name? James Lewis. James Lewis, yeah. Anyway, apparently, you know how I told you he was trying to help police? And I think one of the questions, are like, oh, but I wonder why they pick the extra strength Tylenol. And he, like, giggled and he's like, get it? Extra? Like, I've put something – like, the, the guy's put something extra oh. in it? Like, he's just – obviously unstable yeah exactly <laughs> but that's like what he was saying because it's because it, i find it very interesting that they only targeted that one tablet and
0: it was all extra strength like that was the yeah. one that was tablet like what's the motive for that and i think that's what has like completely puzzled people is like what is the motive of this like yes you know and like just going back to how you're saying, you know, we don't know how many bottles were laced. There was a theory online to say that Johnson & Johnson had made a manufacturing error. Like mm-hmm. they get sent all the chemical compounds to make their drugs and they think that maybe they were sent something incorrect and they didn't realize, obviously, um, and that they were just trying to cover up their manufacturing error because I've read a theory that You know, they just threw 31 million bottles down the drain. You know, they didn't – it's not like they even spot-checked and tested a few different batches or anything like that. They just immediately threw it all away.
1: Mm. So, like,
0: there's that theory that people think, well, they knew that every single bottle of that, you know, of them had, had used that specific powder or whatever they do.
1: But can I tell you the fact that it came, if if it was all coming from the same factory, I'd be like, yes. But the fact that it came from two separate factories, what are the chances of that? And not only that, right, but apparently the cyanide sort of like eats at like the tablets. So whenever this was placed on the shelves, it only would have been sitting there for like a day. It's yeah. not like it's not like you know like think about if it was in the back room for a week and then like the transportation and all this sort of stuff the packaging I think by that stage it would have been no good when you opened it whereas the fact that someone was able to purchase it take it home and then they just happened to take it within that 24 or 48 hours that's why it was sort of effective in killing these people
0: I think if that they makes should have sense. tested tested other bottles, like just to at least have known how many were there and where they were specifically.
1: And see, you know what what my theory is? I think that someone has done this, as in I don't know if it's someone getting back at Johnson & Johnson. And the only reason why I sort of feel like that is because it was the same drug that was like – that it happened to. Like they could have done it to all different drugs if they were just hoping to kill people. Yeah. Like they could have exactly. done to all random drugs or like st- extra strength, normal strength or whatever. But they specifically targeted this extra strength Tylenol. And yeah. I, I've i got a feeling they've just gone out and purchased a whole bunch and they've gone to these places and they've just placed it on the shelves. Mm. Which makes me suspicious about the whether – did they look at the batch numbers, whether that matched, like for instance – the ones that were purchased that we know did kill people were they matched to the stores with the other Tylenol batches or were they just random batches?
0: Look, like, so I, they that, they I, matched, not really reported. They matched the Kellerman and the Janus bottles were made in the same batch, but I'm not sure about the others.
1: No, but that's what I mean. So, were, you know, the one, the other ones that were on the shelves that where that where they yeah. were purchased from, were they matched?
0: Like that's not no, really spoken well, about. That's what I mean. Like, they just threw bottles away. Like, I feel like they yes. should have been spot checking it, like testing Diff. Like, they don't have to test every single bottle, but they could have just tested a few here and there just to see what was going on. But no, completely threw them away. Hey, sorry, can I just tell you something really interesting?
1: So, I read a theory online that it could have been like a plastic company because they thought if we do this, we're going to get like a shitload of business because they're going to obviously have to like really <sighs> package.
0: The items. That's
1: so stupid. <laughs> Isn't it? And but oh, I also read another theory that it could have been a competitor, which is wild, no. but think of why is only Johnson and Johnson targeted? I, that's what I if you're just aiming to kill people and you're a random, why are you only targeting the same thing? Yeah.
0: Like what's your theory? What are you thinking? I just I think it's that James Lewis guy. I think just because he's He's just a crazy, weird guy. You know, like, you I don't know,
1: know. But you know, about, you know, with him, you know, that like he was married, like happily married with his wife. You know, they had a little daughter and she died. She had like yeah, all these she had health problems.
0: Compl- yeah. yeah, when she was yeah.
1: young. And then others are like, maybe, was there something to do with like a Johnson and Johnson drug that was prescribed to her and that's how he yeah. gotten back? Like, so that, I mean,. That potentially could be a motive. I just, I don't know. I honestly think that they have targeted Johnson and Johnson for some reason. I don't know why, though. And I don't I don't actually think it's him, and I don't think we will
0: ever know who it is. No, I don't think we will either.
1: Like, um, it's done. another. Th-
0: yes. And another theory, like you mentioned, a disgruntled Johnson and Johnson employee. Oh, yeah. And this has obviously stemmed because of the lady that died after she'd given birth and they didn't know whether the Tylenol was from a store or from the hospital. And if it was from a hospital, it's come directly from the distribution center. So they thought that possibly it is an employee that worked in the distribution center if that was the case, but we don't know. We don't know where she bought, if she bought it from a store or she got it from the hospital. We don't know.
1: Yeah. See, it's just crazy. And these poor people, Lockie, they were just Everyday people that had a headache or were feeling shit and just took a Tylenol to feel better. Something we do, everyone does, like,
0: do you know what I mean? Multiple times a week. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I don't now, after reading this, I obviously will check, but I've never been one to be like, like, I don't check every medication thoroughly to see whether the seal's broken or anything like that. Like, I don't. Uh, It doesn't cross your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Does not even cross your mind. But I mean
1: we're lucky in how we've grown up that everything has been sort of like even when you open a bottle, usually there is that like protective like click on there, you know, like you can tell it's sealed shut. Whereas back then to think that drugs weren't sealed shut is just yeah, nuts. And you know that Johnson and Johnson had received so many complaints in the past about people finding random stuff in their drugs. Oh, my God, even i read somewhere this is so gross. It's like someone complained they found a nail in one of oh, like, as in, like, I'm guessing like it was like,
0: yeah, a fingernail,
1: <laughs> which is gross.
0: so gross. Yeah. You think, like, um a few years ago in Australia, the person that put the sewing needles in the strawberries. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh, I like, forgot about that. It happened with anything. That was a disgruntled <laughs> employee of the strawberry mm. farm. Yeah. See, yeah. and this is why
1: I think that it's, honestly like a random and the way they've done it they've just obviously they filled up a few particular pills they've gone in they've just popped them on the shelves and walked back out because you know some of the theories online are like oh they went to the store they opened you know their packet and they they sprinkled something like that you do not have time for that and if you get caught doing that you're done it's so easy to just walk in and put something on the shelf and walk out like no one's going to think anything
0: of that. But I think the pills were like those plastic ones that you can pull apart with the powder inside. So you're right. Yes. They must have taken them home and put the stuff in and put the pills back together and then.
1: Yes. And then take drop them back, back off. Mm-hmm. It's it's honestly the. It would have been the quickest and most logical way not to get caught. Because you're not going to be messing around with tablets if you're doing this. Like, the, there might be someone that even sees you. Like, what's this person doing? You're yeah. standing around for five minutes, like, rummaging around in those you know, in the medication area. Like, I, I don't know. I just think the fact that they weren't caught, they were
0: quick, smooth, and easy, and they just did it and got out. Yeah. Um. So as I mentioned earlier, this, like, the Tylenol murders resulted in, like, a few copycat crimes being committed, and I'll just mention a few of them just, you know, for, I guess, for reference. So a few years after this, a woman in New York died from Tylenol capsules laced with cyanide. Like it was either a copycat or, you know, maybe it was a leftover bottle that didn't get thrown out. I'm not sure. No really way it could have been. It. It, had, yeah, it had to be a copycat. Yeah. And then two people in Washington State died after taking cyanide-laced Exedrin, Um, but they found the person responsible for this. Her name was Stella Nickel, and she was the wife of a man who died from a poisoned exodrine pill or bottle or whatever. So it was <gasps> just like a... Yeah. She this chick. Yeah, yeah. and do
1: you know, you know. Can I tell you the craziest thing about this particular lady? So she killed her husband, right, with this drug, but it got ruled like let's just say accidental heart attack, something like that, like natural. They just thought it was like something happened to him, right? And then she goes and kills this poor other random woman, and when the other lady dies, she contacts police. Is like, oh my god, like my husband took this extra gen or whatever it was, right? And then they they resume they, was it exhumed resume yeah his get body, the body out the body yeah yeah they test it they're like oh she's right that's what he died from then they start looking into it and I think it was like some sort of fish tank cleaner or something but she would have gotten away with murder yeah. if she wasn't yeah. so greedy because she wanted to sue the company for freaking money. So she is, she actually would have got away with murder if it wasn't for her calling the cops on herself.
0: Yeah. What an idiot. And then there was another guy, Joseph Melling in the uh, early nineties, and he tried to kill his wife with cyanide laced Sudafed capsules. Mm. So like, obviously that's where he's got the idea from the cyanide, but um, yeah, just a few copycat crimes, obviously in Australia with the needles and the strawberries. This yeah. can happen, you know, even in this day and age, I suppose. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's the case of the Tylenol murders. That is nuts. And that makes me want to sniff. I want to know if I can smell that. Um, smell.
1: Yeah, I want to know.
0: Where do you buy cyanide from? I don't even know. Can what you do you even use it, it for? Is it like uh, something to do with, like, gardening? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have like, what no you idea. use it for? Yeah. Who knows? Interesting stuff. So if you have a case you want us to cover, send us a message on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Caffeine Crime and Canines. And until next week. Until next week. Bye. Bye.